All right, people. So I'm not going to say I'm going to shift tone and get all super serious in this episode, but I do have to put a disclaimer up because I'm kind of torn between, you know, the two sides as far as this, you know, this particular topic goes. But um, I just got to put the disclaimer up because a lot of people might not agree with what I'm going to say here. But y'all know I got to keep it a beam, which y'all always do. This was actually something that I wanted to do. Um the day before yesterday uh this is fairly not fairly old news but a couple days old and i wanted to do it the day before yesterday but um i just wasn't i wasn't pleased with just the mood that uh was just centering around the episode itself it just didn't feel right for me to upload it so i just cut it short altogether plus yesterday i the only episode i did yesterday was the fast nine trailer y'all can check that out if y'all want it was actually trailer number two but I, I felt burnt out after I did that trailer reaction. I felt as though I couldn't do anything else because I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been as excited about any other episode I did unless it has something to do with Fast 9. So I just stuck with that yesterday. But today, today, people, this is actually um, I'm not going to say it's going to be a touchy subject for people, but it's something that's really been brewing and it's been causing a lot of controversy. And this is one thing about me, man. I want everybody to. I'm going to just clarify this for everybody, as if y'all didn't know about it at this point in the podcast. I'm not a fucking tabloid journalist. Every every bit of gossip or every bit of this rumor here and that rumor there, just a little small gossipy, you know, type of topic shit. I don't really get into that, man, because I feel like everything is not deserving of a podcast episode. I'm pretty sure I said this before. So, you know, I don't like for I don't like for the podcast platform to get too messy. So that's why I don't do episodes on every every little bit of thing. Every little bit that happens with everything, basically, is what I'm trying to say. But this here, it didn't piss me off. I was just, I'm not going to say I was surprised, but I was surprised at the fact that it was getting as wild as it did. Um, I feel like it's being, in some ways, I feel like it's being completely blown out of proportion. And that, what I'm talking about in particular is uh, Lena Waithe, basically, is under fire, man. And it doesn't really count because it's fucking social media and people just take the social media platform way too far, way too seriously. They don't know how to have fun on it anymore. They just use it to, you know, be keyboard warriors and troll people and just feel like they have this sense of entitlement to talk about everything and bash things. But, you know, like I said, I'm torn between, I'm torn between the two because I can kind of see where people are coming from, but then I'm not pissed off like these other people are about what we're about to jump into. Now, First and foremost, Lena Waithe, um, most probably most notably known these days for The Shy, but Lena Waithe is a part of so many different projects. I, I love Lena Waithe, man. I love her as a writer, as, as a creator. I love what she stands for. I love that she's fearless, man. And a black woman that has the platform that she has to do the things that she does and to stand for us as as bold and as strong as she does. I feel like we need that, especially with the way that the world is going now. We need more of that, man. We need to uplift. We need to uplift our black women, man. We need to keep those crowns on their heads adjusted properly. So I got lots of love and respect for Lena Waithe. Um, you know, I'm not going to throw it out there. The fact that she needs to respond to all of the tags I I tag her in on uh, Instagram. We're not going to go there. It's a whole different topic for a whole nother time, but I'm just saying the shy season five, I'm available. I'm not an actor, but you know, but we're not, listen, listen, let's not get sidetracked. We're not going to get sidetracked here. Basically, Lena Wade is under fire for her, um, you know, the new show that she came up with called them. Now I did a trailer reaction for that, um, that season. If y'all want to check that out, I have not seen the show yet. 
but uh i will say this about the trailer while the trailer is creepy it is a period piece that takes place in i think the 50s or 60s if i'm not mistaken so we know racial tensions were high than a motherfucker back then like higher than your average crackhead in Ken down kensington or meth addict down kensington or heroin addict whatever their drug of choice is racial tensions were high as fuck back then and um so you know what you're getting into when the tra as the trailer goes along but there's a horror spin on it so of course me being a horror buff i'm all for it jordan peele has kicked open the door for us to have these to have a flip on racial tension as far as a horror movie goes and jordan peele did that perfectly with get out and i feel like the the doors and the windows that he opened up for other black creators to do the same thing is is amazing um however you know i'm not going to say there were things that bothered me per se in the trailer but that guy that was in blackface was he in blackface or was he in uh in whiteface that was blackface colored over i don't know but we know um the menstrual show type of stuff I, I recommend you guys brush up if you do not know about the menstrual shows and stuff like that people in blackface just making a mockery of of african-american people but there was something along the lines of that but they made it creepy in the sense that he reminded me of like slender man or the jangly man or some shit like that whatever the hell it was but he's creeping out the shadows so you know racial tensions are going to be high in this show plus it's a black family that moves into the seemingly normal suburban white neighborhood and we know it's going to be some crazy shit but lena waith is getting tons of flack man for this shit man you know they they're saying that she's she's been hit with backlash because it's graphic racial violence in in the tv series and i feel like while people I don't know. I'm going to try to word this as best as I can, man, because I want to remind everybody and I will keep reminding everybody throughout this episode. I'm 50 50 here. I understand why people are upset, but do I feel like people are really blowing this out of proportion? Yes, I do. And I'm going to get to why. And I feel like one of the reasons I'm going to get to why is the fact that we have a certain bias with certain black horror and just black cinema in general. I'll get to that in a second. But um, I can. I can understand why people are getting overwhelmed by this 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 on-screen narrative. And I say that because black people feel like we we've moved on from all of this shit. You know, regardless of what's going on in the world, you know, with the 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 white cops killing black men and black women, whatever the case may be, with all the racial tensions and the protests and the riots and all the crazy shit that's going on in the world right now, I feel like black people as a whole, we do feel like we have moved on and we're better than, you know, slavery and hood drama and ratchet ghetto cliche bullshit on screen. And I feel like with movies like we we owe the fact that we've moved on on screen. We owe that to two movies in particular. In my personal opinion, we owe that to two movies in particular. The first movie we owe that a lot to that, too, is Black Panther. Rest in peace to the late, great Chadwick Boseman. And shout out to Ryan Coogler. But Black Panther was a movie where, yes, it's fictional, but there's so much rich heritage and story in Black Panther that we have never seen before. Like, uh, in terms of a superhero movie, yeah, we had Blank Man, Meteor Man, we had Blade, but we had never seen People were going to the theater open at night and dressed in African garb to see this movie. This was a cultural event. And the way we were depicted on screen was just was mind blowing, man. And Black Panther let us know that whether this is a fictional movie or not, we can 
properly be depicted on screen as kings and queens the way we fucking should be. I agree with that 100%. The only person that got it right, in my opinion, prior to Black Panther was John Singleton, rest in peace to the late great, when he did the Michael Jackson Remember the Time video. He depicted us like royalty, which we are. The second movie I feel like in terms of royalty and being depicted properly on screen, um, the second movie we owe a lot of the fact that we've moved on from this, this the same narratives is coming to America. Now, everybody knows, man, I was not a fan of this idea at all. I was 200 percent against the idea because I'm like 32 years later. There is no reason that we should be revisiting this story. The story's already wrapped up. There's no more story to tell. The first trailer dropped. I was not a fan of it. Second trailer dropped. I was like. I thought they were staying in New York. I didn't know they were going back to Zamunda and we were going to see their motherland. I didn't know that. So I said, okay, I'm going to be completely fair with this movie because I'm always bitching and moaning about how we need to be depicted like kings and queens on screen. And when a movie gives me that, I can't complain. I can't shit on that. Ended up doing commentary for it, which y'all can check out if y'all want. But I ended up giving the movie, I think, an 8 out of 10 because I'm like, I love seeing us like this. It's no way I can hate on that, man. So I can understand... When people get pissed off at the at the, the constant narratives on screen. Now, what I want to do before I jump into some of my points, I'm not going to take up too too much of y'all time with this episode. I know I say that every fucking time and the episode ends up being like almost an hour long. But um, I feel like I may be justified if I go off the deep end this time around. But I wanted what I wanted to do was read some of the I'm not sure if these are tweets or if these are just posted on Instagram, but they are social media posts. I'm not going to say um, the source of these posts. I'm not going to say the people who posted these posts i hope i'm not losing it by like going into a wormhole by repeating the same word over and over but basically there man when i say this backlash is insane it's it's not as bad as it could be but it's bad man considering what lena waith means to the you know to black cinema and just the culture in general it's really crazy that people are flipping on her like this over over um you know, the series, like I said, maybe I'm wrong here because I haven't seen it. Maybe I'll be offended and feel the same way some of these people do, but I doubt it, man. I'm not that easily offended. Like, you know, I watched Django Unchained. It took me two weeks to fucking watch it, but I, if I can make it through that, I feel like I can make it through any any movie that depicts racial tensions on screen. But um, one of the posts that somebody put on social media, it says, um, and I quote, it says, them equals another example of Hollywood using black trauma to stimulate it's racial horror porn and I'm done supporting any of it last thing I watched in this genre was get out and the Breonna Taylor episode of black lightning fuck Lena Waith and black Hollywood for pimping the struggle man these people they, they're pissed they're pissed somebody uh again who shall remain nameless just simply put their post three words defund Lena Waith Another another hurt piece to, to read and to see, man. The next post says, once again, we have a piece of media that believes black trauma porn is black horror. This is why Peel is a top dog. He knows how to blend black horror and social commentary effortlessly. Twice Lena Waithe has proven she has no business screenwriting black stories. And the last post says... Who is Lena Waithe's audience? Black people are greater than our trauma. I am exhausted. Real life exhausted is in all caps, by the way. So it says I am exhausted. You know, they got Shakespearean with that shit. And put it in all caps. But the rest of the quote says real life, social media, entertainment. Black people are brutalized. When can black stories not involve trauma porn? God, I want more for my people. Man, they, people are pissed, man. They're furious and they have no problem taking the social media and, um, and letting everybody notice. Now, this this is my thing, man. This is I, I want to let everybody know 
a big secret here. It's a big, big, big secret. And I'm being sarcastic when I say that. There are, there's two forms of racial tensions on screen, racism on screen. We've got, of course, it's the, it's the two obvious ones. There's in your face and then there's subliminal racism towards blacks in, in, in horror history. And if you need a better grasp of what I'm what I'm saying here, and because I don't want to take too much time up here, I recommend any and everybody who's a fan of black horror and who is going to try to, you know, at least fill me on maybe 50 percent of what I'm saying, 40 percent of what I'm saying. I highly recommend you guys go back and watch Horror Noir, A History in Black Horror. It's a documentary, hands down, the best documentary I've ever seen in my life. And it's so informative, man, uh, as far as how black people have been depicted on screen in horror movies that date way back. I'm talking horror movies prior to Night of the Living Dead, which came out in 1968, which was a step up for black people. I know Dwayne Jones, rest in peace, shout out to him. He dies ultimately at the end of the film. But at that point, especially in 1968, you know, that was the, that was when Martin Luther King was assassinated and they literally found out Martin Luther King was assassinated the moment they finished filming Night of the Living Dead. George A. Romero and whoever he was driving in the car with in Pittsburgh, they heard it on the radio after they finished the film. No, no, no rap. But um, up until that point, we had not seen a black protagonist on screen. So we were taking steps in the right direction. But um, I, I really highly recommend you guys check out Horror Noir because it talks about how we've been depicted in horror or just film in general as slaves, as props, as servants, as peasants. You know, there's a narrative in itself. But, you know, and then, of course, there's the narrative of black people dying in every horror movie. Uh, but I really recommend you guys check it out. Again, it's called Horror Noir History and Black Horror. Now, speaking of black horror, if we're going to go back, because I know I mentioned Night Living Dead in the 60s and stuff like that. We got to backtrack and think about where we came from as far as horror and racial undertones and just black horror in general. Um, we got to think back to black exploitation horror. You know, we got to think back to Blackula, Ganja and Hess, Dr. Black and Mr. Hyde, um, Blackenstein, you know, movies like that. I think there's another movie called Abby. It's basically like the black version of The Exorcist. I've never seen those. Like the only ones I've seen out of ones I've mentioned, excuse me, are... Um, Bits and pieces of Ganja and Hess, which I should have seen years ago because I didn't know Dwayne Jones was in it. And I've seen both the Blackula movies. I'm still working on my, um, you know, black exploitation. Uh, I'm still trying to catch up on all of that stuff. But the question is, like, did black exploitation hard get it right? Or were people were black people offended by how we were depicted back then on screen? And my answer, my personal opinion, I don't think people were pissed off. I feel like it was a good time for uh, black horror back then as far as black exploitation goes because yeah we might have been depicted certain ways that there were a lot of pimps there were a lot of hoes in the movies you know people were you know talking their jive and all that type of stuff but I feel like for the most part we were it was refreshing for us to see that because they had you know those were our black versions of these movies like I said Abby's a black version of the exorcist Blackula is a black version of Dracula uh, you know, Blackenstein, if y'all don't know who the fuck that's a black version of, I don't know what to tell y'all. Dr. Black and Mr. Hyde, of course, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. We had our own versions of these movies. So I feel like it really didn't bother people as much. And I feel like even when people go back and watch those films, they're not offended by anything because, you know, even something like Blackula, where there's not a lot of racial tension there. There's even like interracial couples in, in one of the movies, I think. But for the most part, we are depicted pretty royally in the beginning of that film. Uh, William Marshall, who played Blackula, and uh, Vanetta Green, I think her name is, who plays Luda. Luda. Is it Luda or Luva? 
uh, basically his the woman the woman that's incarnate and he's he's going after her in the movie we were they were dressed like kings and queens just royalty in that movie so i feel like even like i said even if people go back and watch the movies they won't be offended by um by much but then you got to jump forward to a different time you know the the 90s black horror in the 90s uh you got to think about candy man you know these are movies that all have serious racial tensions man and if you guys do not believe what i'm saying i recommend y'all go back and watch the movies i'm about to mention because the racial tensions are high as shit in these movies of the 90s candy man serious racial tensions uh down in cabrini green to the point where they needed the filmmaker bernard rose who i believe is a white man they needed to basically get the permit you know i'm talking about the hood permit to shoot in cabrini green because they were literally filming on location in those projects um the people under the stairs Wes Craven, uh, rest in peace, shout out to the late, great Wes Craven, serious social commentary, racial tension scattered all throughout that movie, you know, Everett McGill straight up says some niggers robbed the store, straight up like that, they hate black people, and the black boy lives at the end, shout out to Brandon Adams, Tales from the Hood, which has political, police, uh, racial tensions in it all throughout it is heavily influenced that way and i swear to god tales from the hood is one of those movies that's more socially relevant now than ever if y'all don't believe me go back and watch it man i'm telling y'all uh 2000s bones was was a movie that came out in the 2000s uh the first purge which, which came out i think in recent years you know these are movies that i you know why was it considered okay back then you know, and The Purge gets a pass because it technically is back then. It came out like four or five years ago or so, if I'm not mistaken. But why? The question is, you know, with everybody coming at Lena Waithe, why was it OK back then? And is this just a case of people using social media as a platform to just bash people and and just try to tear them down when they're doing something constructive and creative? Now, I'm being fair here. I'm I'm genuinely asking the question. This is one of the reasons why I wish I could literally live stream and have you guys, you know, type questions in or type answers in that I can answer more hands on. Man, I love to do shit like that because I love to be hands on and I like to know what you guys think as I, as you guys are listening to these episodes. But why was it okay for like the 90s and the 2000s to do these and people were not causing so much of a stir? You know, I don't even when I do research on movies like these, I don't even come across any research that says, you know, people were causing outrages and uproars in the paper and starting protests with picket signs outside. You know, I don't see I don't see any of that when I do my research on these films. But to answer my own question, why was it okay for them to make these types of movies back then? Why was it considered okay? I feel like because it was brand new. You know, it was a different time back then and the racial tensions were still in existence, but I feel like now it's, it's worse now more than ever. You know, like I said, I go back to the fact that all of the shit that's going on, the protests, the rioting, the, the, the killings, you know, with everything that's going on, it's a really sensitive time for black people. I'm not saying we're sensitive because we've endured the most, man. I'm trying to tell y'all we have. But you really have to tread lightly with the content for your black audience. And, I, you know, while you shouldn't have to, while film, especially horror in general, should be unapologetic, I do feel like you have to be aware of your audience. You know, you have to be very aware of your audience. Now, with that being said, um, I feel like this new resurgence and the new black renaissance of, of, of black horror, I feel like it is good. I feel like it's been decent because, for one... I'm I'm talking to my I'm, I'm talking to y'all as me being a person right now. This is not me being a movie buff. This is not me talking on some podcast shit right now, even though we are in the middle of an episode. 
me as a person, I love seeing the, the black renaissance and the resurgence of black heart because I love seeing us win. I feel like we deserve and work for all the wins that we get. And you're starting to see it now. We're starting to be seen more at the award shows in the forefront. We're starting to get more awards. We're starting to get more, you know, people are getting hired left and right here. You know, the the, the Lena Waifs, the Jordan Peels, the, the Ryan Kuglers, the Issa Rays, and everybody that I, I love seeing it, man. It, it gets me choked up thinking about it. You know, I remember doing an episode just praising black queens that are behind the camera and in front of the camera of course but it's so good to just see so many black females not only directing horror but just directing in general and they're walking home with awards man i love to see it now on the flip side of that as a horror movie buff and just as a film fucking film geek in general as a cinemaniac self-proclaimed i love seeing it because we are controlling the narrative now you know how with a, a, a law for the longest the narrative was, oh, we die on screen. If it's a black boy in here, you know he dead. You know, even even if we put in the most work, you know his ass is dead. That's the cliche. We are dead in movies. But I love that Jordan Peele specifically said during an interview that he would he doesn't see himself casting a white guy as a lead role because he's like, I've seen that movie before. And I love it. How fucking genius is that? The same thing for me. I, if I was a director, I'm not saying I wouldn't cast white people in my film, but of course my lead's going to be a black guy. Unless it's out of the context of that, and I have to cast somebody of another ethnicity because it it it, it uh, you know because it coincides with the story. Of course, I'm rooting for everybody black. Like the Wale song said, was that Wale? I can't remember if it was Wale or not. I think it was. Shout out for that song. But this Renaissance man, like I said, Jordan Peele kicked the door down for us. Get Out and Us. Then after that, even though it's a sillier type of movie, it's still black horror. It's a part of the resurgence. Bad Hair, Antebellum, Lovecraft Country, Them. You know, I put the Lena Wave shit in there because it is a part of the renaissance, man. You can't just exclude that stuff out. So this is the question. It's another question. Why did Jordan Peele get a pass? And this is where I agree with something that one of those, uh, one of those people said in their posts about Lena Wave. Jordan Peele... He balances horror and social commentary in, in such a genius way, man. And I feel like he keeps it modern. That's one of the main reasons he gets a big pass, because he keeps it modern. He's not taking us to a time period where, you know, uh, where we were uncomfortable and we were enslaved and stuff like that. I'm not saying that can't work. Personally, I'm tired of the slavery shit. However, um, Jordan Peele keeps it modern. He sets it in the now. He might do like a flashback. Oh, this is what happened before, blah, blah, blah. But he won't keep you there. He'll keep you living in the now. And um, his creativity gets a pass. Like I said, his social commentary gets a pass. And then he made it he made it great for us to root for each other differently. You know, we're not rooting saying, oh, my God, I hope that I hope this, this one black person in the movie that survives. It's like, nah, you know, he's going to survive or you rooting for this family to get out. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I kind of just I just mentioned Get Out when I was talking about us and it kind of just really made my mind go blank. But Jordan Peele gets a pass for those reasons. Now, here's where we switch gears a little bit. Why do things like Antebellum starring Janelle Monet and them, which is the topic at hand here. Uh, this is the core of the episode, if we forgotten in particular. Why is this pissing? Why is this pissing folks off? Why are they not giving this a pass? And I will tell you guys straight up right now. And this goes back to the, one of the facts that I said, you know, it took me two weeks to watch Django Unchained. And 
it wasn't just because it was sitting on my floor in my bedroom for for two weeks, but because I had to mentally and emotionally prepare myself to see that movie. And I saw it once. There's no reason for me to ever revisit it again. No diss to Jamie Foxx, no diss to Quentin Tarantino, even though he's got his ways about him. I'm not even going to get into that. No diss to anybody involved in the making of that movie, Samuel Jackson and Kerry Washington. But there's no reason for me to revisit that movie. I saw it. I see what people may have liked about it, see what people hated about it. And there's no reason for me to go back to it. But the reason that Antebellum and them, like things like those two in particular, don't get a pass is because, and this is my, again, these are all my personal opinions here. I feel like they're taking us back to some of the worst times in black history ever. I feel like we take 10 steps forward in this resurgence and sometimes stuff like that people can look at it as if it takes us 10 steps backwards maybe 20 steps backwards you know it's it's almost like knocking a crown off that we that took us so long to get with movies like and narratives like black panther and coming to america too now i haven't seen antebellum but i do know that it takes janelle monet's character from the present and just creepily transports her to like a cotton field in one scene. So I already had to prepare myself for that. Like I said, I haven't seen it, but when I did my trailer reaction for it, I was like, I'm tired of the slavery shit, man. I'll watch it because Janelle Monae is a great actress and she's a great artist. And I'm pretty sure they'll put a crazy spin on it, but it's going to be tough for me to sit through the slavery shit. Now, this is funny. This is coming from somebody who's a horror, you know, a horror buff at heart. But certain things just pull at my heartstrings a little differently. But again, it's taking us back to some of the worst times ever. The same thing with the with the series Them that everybody's in an uproar about. It's taking us back to a time where, you know, kids with black kids would get harassed for drinking from a white a white water fountain or white going to a white bathroom or sitting in a white section in the library. Kids were getting harassed. People were getting murdered back then. It takes you back to shit like. It reminds me of shit like Emmett Till. I don't know if I, I don't know about everybody else, but it just it does take us back to a time where that we is of course we'll never forget it, but it's almost like PTSD in a way where it takes us back somewhere that we are trying so fucking hard, not just on screen, but just in life in general, to get away from. So I can see this is where I'm on the other side of the fence with this. I'm not saying I fully agree, but I can understand why people are upset about you know, the, the, the content in this in this show Lena Waithe created. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 it pisses me off a little bit, but not, I'm, you know, I'm not about to get on, tw- I don't even have a Twitter page, but I'm not about to get on Instagram and Facebook and go on a rant about it. But the irony of that is that I did post something about how, you know, there was an article I read with Will Smith and Ryan Coogler where um, they were pulling out of Virginia because they didn't want to finish shooting their film there. It's called Emancipation. It's a slavery movie. Damn, did I say Ryan Coogler? I, I just really lost my train of thought that fast. Will Smith and uh, Antoine Fuqua, uh, the guy that directed Training Day, uh, they you know they decided not to f- finish shooting in, uh, in in Georgia. And I was like, honestly, you know, no diss to Will Smith is the is one of the goats for sure. And shout out to Philly, he's Philly bred, but. And Antoine Fuqua is a great director and writer. However, just pull the plug on the movie altogether. That's what my post was about because I said I'm I'm sick of the fucking slave movies, man. They remade Harriet. No disrespect to that actress. She's a great actress also. Cynthia Arrivio or something like that. I can't remember her last name. But, you know, they remade Roots and 
God damn, man. Can we just not like I can deal with Lena Waif's TV series taking place in the 50s or the 60s. I can deal with Lovecraft Country taking place there and having racial tensions. But the slavery shit. Come on, man. That's where my bias comes in, people. That is exactly where my bias comes in. And I, you know, this is the thing. Speaking of bias, I feel like if we're going to single out Lena Waithe and we're going to take the social media to just post, to just make these nasty posts about her, even to take it as far as to say defund Lena Waithe. First of all, let me say this. Lena Waithe has way more hits than she does misses creatively. Let's get that straight now. So I feel like even if this is a bad apple, say they don't say they listen to the backlash, the, you know, the network and they don't give her, give, get the, this shit renewed for season two. Cool. That ain't no skin off her ass. Her work is not going to stop. Her job doesn't stop because one thing doesn't work out. That's not how life works, man. And I'm pretty sure that's not how the industry works. You know, hopefully she does. She doesn't get discouraged by this at all and keeps pushing. You know what I'm saying? Like the shy is one of my favorite shows. There would be no shy without Lena Wave. It's top five shows for me. But I feel like if we're going to take the social media and blast her and do all of this extra shit that 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 we've been doing. I'm not talking about myself when I say we, but I'm saying just we. I'm gonna I'm I'm going to be fair here and use that word. We have to single out everything else that has the same black narrative to it. Now let's step outside of the horror genre real quick. Let's step outside of black horror. Let's step into black cinema in general again. If we're gonna single out Lena Waithe, then you gotta single out Spike Lee. You know, Spike Lee didn't get a fucking award for Malcolm X. He got it for Black Klansman. So you got to single him out for making a movie about the Klan being infiltrated. It's still, regardless of John David Washington's performance, it's still a movie centered around the Ku Klux Klan. So why did they come at him? And I'm not saying I this is, you know, something I would do. I've never even seen Black Klansman. It was a slow burn for me, but it's not, you know, not my cup of tea when it comes to that type of shit. But if you do that, you got to single out all the hood movies. You know, why did nobody come for John? I mean, John Boys in the Hood is one of the greatest hood movies of all time, but it's at the end of the day, no disrespect to the dead, it's still the narrative that's still going on today. And it's still why people look at us while they look at us today. They look at us as drug dealers, as gangbangers, as, you know, just murderers and rapists and stuff like that. Just the bottom of the barrel uh, minorities out here. Nobody came at John Singleton for Boys in the Hood. It, it has the same narrative as every hood movie. Nobody came at the Hughes brothers for Minister Society. Nobody came at Ernest Dickerson for Juice. And I'm not saying I don't love these movies. I have a bias for it too, because I can watch these movies with the hood narratives and not feel no type of way. But I won't fucking go anywhere near 12 years of a slave or Django Unchained again and I won't watch like the Green Book or stuff like that. I have a problem going to fuck back and watching Driving Miss Daisy. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I have a bias there, too. But I'm talking about the people in particular. If you're going to single out one, you have to single out the rest. Let's not be selective here, man. Let's not just let's not put Lena Waithe in a box because, you know, she wanted to test the waters a little bit. Lena Waithe's not a horror creator, in my opinion, per se. But I don't know. Maybe I'll feel differently when I see this. Maybe I'll look at it and say, you know what? She can get behind some horror and do it, you know, do the damn thing with it. I have no problem with that. But I feel like people got to stop being selective and stop picking and choosing. You know, I feel like Lena Waithe has had a bullseye on her back from the beginning. You know, I'm just going to be real. I'm going to keep it a bean with y'all and say that. I feel like she's had some type of bullseye on her back from the beginning. And the fact that she dabbled into this, I feel like with those people that had the bullseye on her, this was all that they needed to fucking snap and take the Twitter and take the Instagram and just every social media platform and just try to bring her down and try to say defund her. And this is, but listen, 
I understand. This is why I said I'm 50-50. I don't want to lose anybody here and just think I'm disagreeing with the people altogether. I understand why people are upset about this because they're tired of seeing it. But on another flip side of things, y'all ain't tired of seeing Tyler Perry depict black men the same way he do in every single movie. You ain't tired of seeing Tyler Perry dress up like a woman. There's that narrative as well. You know, the only reason people give Tyler Perry a pass is because, you know, he dresses these movies up that have the stereotypical black shit that have the cliche same as get ghetto ratchet you know ain't shit niggas narrative the only reason he gets away with it is because he dresses it up in a red bow there's amazing casting the movies f sometimes look great you know there's a big budget behind them and don't get me wrong tyler perry's a walking success story i've said this before i have nothing but the utmost respect for that man as a creator just as somebody who made it the motherfucker's got his own studio and he was named one of the stages after diane carroll that's some of the classiest shit i have ever heard of or seen in my lifetime but Y'all give him a pass for keeping that narrative going. You know, there will be people that watch a Tyler Perry movie. They watch a Medea movie and just laugh, laugh, laugh. But then they'll get on social media like, I'm tired of seeing these 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 young. Why don't you let the young boys be young boys and try, stop telling them to try to be young girls and all this gender equality? Like, but y'all just watch Tyler Perry dress up like a woman for two and a half hours. So I'm not understanding just the just just the selective side of everything. I, I don't for the life of me. I don't get it. I really don't. I it, it just boggles. It boggles my mind, man. But, you know, the, the black audience is, is a different breed. So, again, you have to tread lightly. The narratives are annoying as shit. I know they, they, they get on my nerves. They get on my nerves. I'm guilty of being selective as well. But. I'm just saying it's I, I don't maybe I, I might just be this might be falling on deaf ears for people because people are probably listening to this like, yo, you have not seen it, bro. You have not seen the horrors I've seen with this them series. I'm trying to tell you y'all are probably right in that instance because maybe I'll watch it and maybe I'll do another episode like, you know what? I did that entire episode in vain and I owe y'all an apology for telling y'all to ease up off Lena Waithe because that shit is awful. Maybe I'll feel that way again. I doubt it. But money talks at the end of the day, man. You know, if it's a hit with the majority, it's not going anywhere. So all of these posts are, those are things that are going to go in vain. The fact of the matter is that I feel like instead of, I, I listen, I understand. I get it. People do not want to, they don't want to keep seeing it. They're tired of it. They'd rather see us depicted properly on screen the way we should be because there's so much stuff going on in the world, like I said. However... Any black win is a win for me. Lena Waithe did a horror series. It's racially charged. Whatever. Cool. But what's going to stand out to me overall more than anything is Lena Waithe did a horror series. A black woman, one of our queens, did a horror series. Do you understand what I'm saying? That means more to me. than. And I'm not just I'm not saying that the content gets a pass. You know, I'll judge the content when I see it. But that's like when I heard Jordan Peele was stepping into the horror scene, I knew this guy as a comedian and or a, a, a comedic actor, rather. Not like, he, you know, I don't think he does stand up or any shit like that. But it's like I knew him as a comedic actor and I wasn't really big on Key and Peele until after I saw Get Out. True story. But the biggest thing for me was black man stepping into the horror scene. Cool. We need more of them. We need more of them. I love to see it. I love to see it. 
but again i'm on you know i'm 50 50 here man all i'm saying overall is y'all gotta ease up man y'all have to stop being so i'm not gonna say stop being so judgmental and i'm not gonna say everybody has to be forgiving but i'm all i'm saying is that if you're going to single one out, you got to single the rest of them out. You know, you have to call out everybody else. You have to take to that same platform you're using to bash the one person, you know, bash everybody else. I wonder, did Harriet get the same treatment that this show is getting? And that's straight up slavery movie. This isn't just set place. It didn't, you know, it's not set in the 50s and 60s and it's got racial undertones, but it's a horror movie. No, Harriet was a straight up. I heard it was more like a superhero movie than anything, but that's a straight up slavery movie about Harriet Tubman. And I don't remember any uproar about it. It might not have got the best reviews in the world, but excuse me, I don't remember hearing an uproar about that. And it's like, why does that get a pass? Because people love Cynthia Arrivio. I really hope I'm not saying her last name wrong. I know I probably am. Y'all know I suck at last names. But it's like, do, just because people love her as an actress and a singer, her voice is amazing. Um, do they give her a pass because of that? You know, there was no big must and fuss on social media from what i remember about django because people love jamie fox and people adore quentin tarantino even the black people and this i said i wasn't gonna get into this but i think quentin tarantino secretly racist you know it takes me back to like even the shit like pulp fiction in general you know quentin tarantino sprinkles little racism that has no fucking context whatsoever Unless it's Django Unchained. And I felt as though it, it was weird. That, but the thing with, this is the thing with Quentin Tarantino. I feel like, and I tell my uncle this all the time. Shout out Uncle Jersey. Um, Quentin Tarantino has enough people backing him that Hollywood can't fuck with him. You know, you got Pam Greer, Samuel Jackson, and Ving Rhames. If they got, and Jamie Foxx got your back, you ain't getting touched, bro. You you invited to the cookout. Not, not in my book. I mean, I do like the guy, but it's just like, he's the type of director and writer I got to keep my eye on. Because it's like, I don't know if I trust you 100%. But, you know, people love Quentin Tarantino, so they don't give him shit about dropping the N-bomb 187 fucking jillion times in, in, in Django Unchained because people love him. But this is one of the reasons why I said, you know, I'm coming full circle with this. This is one of the reasons why I said I feel like Lena Waithe has had some type of bullseye on her back all along. People were waiting for her to slip up. You know, I, I thought if anything, it would be. Uh, no, it was actually before this. She was she was under slight fire nothing like this though nothing like this with the black community but she was under slight fire when the rumor started swirling that barton fitzpatrick uh who played reg in the shy that he was killed off in season two because he didn't agree to do a love scene with a transgender so they killed his character this was all the rumor by the way so they killed his character off and they had um what's that guy's name luke james come in and play trig who was dated a transgender character named Imani, played by Jasmine Davis. Now, that, when the rumors were swirling to that, they were like, oh my God, so because the guy doesn't want to have a scene with a transgender, he wants to be a man, lean away, throw his character off, and blah, 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 blah. I don't know if that was the case. Like I said, they rumors. Don't quote me on that. But she was under a little bit of fire for that. But this was like the straw that broke the camel's back for people, man. And I'm not going to lie to y'all, man. Before I close this out, I'm going to just say one thing. This is only making me want to watch it even more. This is only making me want to watch it even more. I love when normally I stay away from stuff that's like the talk of the town. You know, I'm not one of the people to run with the flock when everybody's like, yo, this is the best movie. You know, whether they say it's good or bad. You know, most of the time when they say it's bad, 
I got to see it for myself. But when people praise it like it's good, like, yo, this is fucking movie of the year. You have to see it. 10 out of 20 for me or not 10 out of 10 out of 10 for me. It's awesome. Best movie you're going to see the entire year. I'm kind of I wean off of it a little bit. And I'm like, eh, I'll get around to it when I get around to it. I watch it on my own time, but I don't believe the hype. This hype, however, um, you know, maybe I'm being selective here, my damn self. But because it's horror and because it's Lena Waithe, I got to see it. I got to test the waters. I got to see if it's going to piss me off. And not only that, I have to see if it's good or not, because if it's good, trust and believe I'm coming with a review. Y'all know I'm coming with a review and people going to be mad like, oh, you're just perpetuating the cycle and da da da. Like y'all can say, y'all listen, how boring would life be if we all shared the same opinions on everything? I don't mind having a healthy debate with people. I don't mind when people disagree with me as long as they do it respectfully and they know what the fuck they're talking about. You know, if they have argument like grounds for their argument. Cool. We can we can debate. We can, you know, until the sun comes up on Santa Monica Boulevard. We could debate all day, all night. But I'm going to form an opinion of my own. Some people might like it. Some people might not. That's one of the reasons why I had to put a little disclaimer up in the beginning of the episode. But all in all, people, I just feel like, you know, cut, cut, her, cut her some slack, man. Who knows? Maybe Lena Waithe was just trying to ride the wave of, you know, social commentary, uh, 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 socially relevant, racially charged hard because it is a resurgence of that as well you know we're getting all types of black horror these days but that the um the racially charged horror is definitely something that's not going anywhere anytime soon and the door is wide open for it. Uh, hollywood's inviting that i don't know if that's a case of hollywood cashing in on our trauma or i don't know if that's a case of them just genuinely liking to create the the creativity aspect of it but um Maybe she, who knows, man, maybe she didn't know any better. Maybe she was just riding the wave like, yo, like I'm trying to be on Jordan Peele's level. I'm trying to be on the level of the, uh, whoever made Annabellum and, and bad hair and stuff like that. Maybe, who knows? Maybe she was, maybe she saw Lovecraft Country and was like, yo, all right, I want to do something like that, but put my own twist on it. Who knows, man? Maybe she didn't know any better. That's what I'm saying. Cut her some slack because whether this bombs or not, it's not going to stop nothing she's doing. So all the, I feel like a lot of the comments or the posts are ridiculous, man. Like the one that said defund Lena Waithe, that's just taking it too goddamn far. I can understand if somebody says this is trash, I, I won't watch it. Cool. Maybe Lena Waithe will make something that's the, that same person will watch again. Like, you know what? You won me back over. You won me back over. I'm I'm back on the Lena Waithe train again. But. Saying defund Lena Wave so that she just can't make films and that's that's fucking bullshit, man. And y'all need to stop it. Y'all need to cut it out, man. And the thing is, I feel like a lot of people a lot of people are justified in their comments. Don't get me wrong. Um, but a lot of the other comments when they take it to the extreme, uh, I feel like those are the motherfuckers that have never done anything creatively in their life, and they just shit on and hate on everybody that does something creatively or lives out their dreams or even aspires to do something creatively those are a lot of the motherfuckers online that comment this type of stuff they have no talent at all they have no dreams or aspirations at all they have no drive no motivation and all they know how to do the only thing they know how to do is sit online all day and have these fucking twitter fingers and these thunder thumbs and be keyboard warriors and just critique everything when the, when the reality of it is they're not fucking critics at all you know there there are people who probably aren't even familiar with lena waith but they see that it's trending and then they start talking shit and they're jumping on the, the you know the twitter train just bashing her and another reason i'm i'm on the the side where i don't see why everybody where i don't see where everybody's 
getting so gassed up about this. That side of the fence is because, you know, for Lena Waif to be the queen she is, the black queen that she is, I'm not for the bashing shit, especially for how, how much she sticks up for the black fucking community and how brave she is with the LGBT community. And they, she makes a voice for people that are scared to speak up for themselves. I respect that. Fuck the whole, you know, fuck the, the, the cinema shit for a second. You know, let's throw that out the window. Let's talk about her as a person. What she stands for is amazing. And she's strong as shit. And like I said, she has a she gives a voice to people that are scared to speak up for themselves, people that are insecure with their own identities and stuff like that. That's the type of shit she rocks out with. And I appreciate that, man. So I feel like we should be protecting people like Lena Waithe 24-7, man. 24-7, because I guarantee you, if they fired Lena Waithe off of this show, if they put Quentin Tarantino on it, people gonna dick ride. People gonna dick ride if Quentin Tarantino jumped on the series them after they fired Lena Waithe. I guarantee you there would be no uproar whatsoever. I'm just, that's all I'm saying, people. I know I got a little, I got a little, you know, we're like 44 minutes into this. It was a little longer than I expected. It was a little long-winded, but we made it. I have to, you know, let me breathe. Let me breathe. I'm actually all right. But I'm just saying, man, like, get, you know, I feel like we should give her a break. I, I, I get it. People are pissed off. People are tired of that narrative. I am too. Don't get me wrong. But we can't be selective. If we, you know, again, if we single one out, we got to single out the other one, man. And that's, that's really, we have to be fair about about everything. I, mean, I know life isn't fair in general, but we have to, I feel like cinematically we can be fair. You know what I'm saying? I can't, you know, I can't, I can't hate on Vin Diesel for making bad movies when The Rock makes bad movies too. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that was a good comparison to make, but I was, you know, I got, I got Fast 9 on the brain all of a sudden. I'm ready to, you know, I'm ready to turn this off and get back to breaking down that trailer 27,000 times. I actually want to do a trailer breakdown episode tonight. Um, I don't want to take any notes on it. I just want to go frame by frame uh, while I, you know, record and stuff like that. I just want to freestyle a, a trailer breakdown because it's a lot of shit that I didn't get to talk about in my trailer reaction yesterday. So I think I'm going to jump on that now. I might, you know, I might start breaking things down, man. But y'all already know where to go, man. And in the case that y'all don't, which hopefully, you know, hopefully I didn't lose any, any, any listeners, any fans out there, any tutor reviewers. Hopefully y'all didn't, hopefully we're not too, too divided on this topic right here, man. But I, you know, of course I have to keep it a bean. I got to let y'all know how I feel on everything in full, man. You know, I can't, I, I, there's no way for me to sugarcoat any of my opinions on this platform. Uh, that's not why I jumped on here, you know, almost two years ago to, to, to do this. I have to keep everything raw and uncut. Just like, you know, again, the drugs they use down Kensington. But anyway, y'all know where to go. Y'all can follow the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio, Public, and Podbean. Shout out to Anchor. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Romero Tudor. Shout out to the Facebook movie group. And shout out to the Facebook movie group. Uh, I just fucked that all up. God damn, I'm really thinking about this Fast 9 trailer. How did I really just... I fucked that up. You know, this is like a blooper right now. How did I just say shout out to the Facebook movie group? Didn't even say the name. And then went on to say shout out to the Facebook movie group again and didn't say the name. Something to say. And I haven't had any coffee today, people, at all. But <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Cinemaniacs, I'm so sorry. Horror virus, I'm so sorry. Shout out to those Facebook groups. And last but not least, shout out to the Tudor reviewers, the listeners, the lovers, the supporters out there, man. Again, the numbers spiked again. How do we get from... How do we get to like 5.8, you know, today? You know, I checked the number. And like I said, I checked the numbers regularly, but I checked them today, you know, uh, this morning when I woke up, which was probably, you know, I don't sleep that good, but it was like probably like 2 a.m. 
So when I woke up at like 2 a.m., I saw we jumped up to like 5.8K and I'm like, bet, cool. You y'all still like listening to me. Hopefully y'all still like listening to me after me sharing my opinions on this particular topic in this episode. Hopefully so, man, because, you know, y'all will always be the anchors and the pillars, both the anchors and the pillars of this podcast, man. Y'all already know the love and support y'all show me. I show it back to y'all tenfold and then some. So with that being said, people, yours truly, Romero Tudor, another episode of Tudor Reviews in the can. I'll check y'all on the next one.